Welcome to the Center for International and Regional Studies at Georgetown University in Qatar. These podcasts are part of a research initiative titled Building a Legacy, Qatar FIFA World Cup 2022. Welcome everybody to our Qatar FIFA World Cup uh, podcast at Georgetown University, Qatar. It gives me great pleasure to welcome today Ahmed Abassi, who is the Director of Competitions and Football Development with the Qatar Stars League. Today, we want to discuss how the FIFA World Cup 2022 in Qatar is influencing domestic football development. And we want to focus on the professional men's football league, the Qatar Stars League. Uh, thank you very much, Ahmed, uh, for joining us uh, in our uh, podcast. And uh, my first question uh, to you is, um, we are living in times of uh, pandemia. How is the response of the Qatar Stars Leagues to uh, COVID-19? First of all, thank you very much, uh, Daniel. It's a, it's a great honor for me to be part of this uh, podcast. Um, of course, we're, we're witnessing um, very difficult times uh, all over the world, given the, the pandemic, uh, which would teach us to be, um, to be adaptive. Uh, as such, um, the catastrophe has been um, very, very uh, adaptive in the past six months. Uh, so we had, we had to be um, from day one. So from, uh, from the day um, the pandemic was announced by the WHO, um, um, that we, we would have to um, uh, adapt to the circumstances that we're living it, we're living in. Um, and um, as much as possible, maintain our objectives, our quality, our uh, technical objectives as well, um, in order to get through this um, this difficult time um, or these difficult times um, as, as 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 good as possible. Um, so we we st we started in March. Um, I remember the first meeting with with the coaches when um, in, in Europe, a couple of leagues started to uh, suspend the, um, um, the activities um, in, in, in the countries. And, uh, and of course, we have a lot of foreign coaches and a lot of foreign players in our leagues. So they were all concerned. Uh, and at that time, um, not many or all of us still didn't know what was, what was coming ahead. Um, and so we had, a, we had a strong meeting with the coaches. We were very transparent that the health and safety of uh, their players, of, um, of the coaches, of the staffs, of their families uh, is our utmost uh, priority and that we would be, um, we were, that we were ready to, to take any decision um, to, to maintain their safety. Um, yeah, Ahmed, it's now, end of weeks October, yes. it's now end of October 2020. Maybe you can tell us a bit about the policies of the Qatar Stars League to be able to, to operate when it comes to like uh, spectators, players, uh, which policies are in place to be able to operate? Okay, we, we, were, we were one of the first leagues in, uh, we were one of the very first leagues in, in Asia to, um, to resume training and, uh, and the league uh, through a very strict protocol. So there is a, um, there is a very strict uh, protocol when it comes to um, training and, and matches, uh, match operations. There is a, um, 
um, a very strict protocol when it comes to media, and there is a very strict protocol when it comes to uh, uh, to spectators. And we were also one of the first leagues actually in the world to uh, to invite um, um, thirty percent um, capacity um, in the stadium back um, you know, for the spectators. Uh, this is only possible through frequent testing, social distancing, um, you know, controlling who was uh, who was able to. Um, to enter and um, you know close to the players and uh, and coaches, um, with the help of uh, Aspetar and uh, the Ministry of Public Health. Mm -hmm. So many uh, people who listen to this podcast are from abroad, so they might not know that much about the Qatar Stars League. Tell us a little bit more about some basics of the Qatar Stars League. So there are twelve clubs. How does the competition work? Uh, relegation, promotion, qualification for international events. Um, how does it work? Yes, um, the Qatar Stars League is the top um, football or the top professional football division in, in the country. Um, we currently have 12 um, clubs in the first division in the Qatar Stars League. Um, the, the, the 12th club and um, 12th ranked club at the end of the season um, is relegated to the second division. The number 11 plays a relegation um, playoff match uh, against the second of the second division. Um, the, in the past 10 years, we have seen um, a battle between Al Sadd and uh, Al Dohain, especially uh, winning, winning the league. Al Rayyan has won it um, in the meantime as well, one time. Um, we have uh, in each club. Um, five uh, foreign players. Um, uh, obviously, Qatar. Um, um, many of you may may know that uh, Qatar has won um, the 2019 Asian uh, Cup um, mm -hmm. with 100% of the of the national team players playing in in our in our league. Um, we have uh, we have very famous players and coaches in, in our league. So we have at the moment Santi Casola. Who is um, from Spain? Who played in uh, Arsenal and uh, Villarreal uh, and the Spanish national team? We have uh, Xavi Hernandez, who is uh, very, very well known. Who's one of the best uh, midfielders uh, in the history of football, and is now uh, a coach. Um, so, so we have that, that, that. This is why our league is called the Qatar Stars League, because we always invite um, uh, well-known stars um, to play, but we also develop uh, local players to become uh, stars. Yeah, how is the relationship between like foreign and local players? I mean, the, the people all over the world know that there were some big stars like Pep Guardiola who played uh, in, in Qatar. And um, so what's the role of the foreign player? I mean, to give uh, more spotlight uh, to the league or to improve the local players? And uh, how many local players are in the teams? Um, okay, it, it, it depends um, what profile the, the foreign player brings with him. So, for example, if it's a, if it's a Santi Casola who has such an amazing experience uh, and career or, or Xavi, um, his main role, other than, um, than bringing the spotlight, um, is to, um, to um, transfer this, uh, this experience to our players and to, to make them 
um, developed. You know, I remember uh, Xavi um, in, in his last season was was, um, was the player who who ran uh, the most in the whole league. Um, so comparing him with eighteen-year-olds uh, and nineteen-year-olds um, in, in the league, this gives them, um, you know, best practice um, example of how. Um, you know how he works hard, uh, and how, uh, with 36 years of of age, he can still beat the numbers of of any any young player. So um, th this is one of the roles that um, this is one of the roles that um, we expect from the foreign player, but also to make a difference in the team. Um, it is similar in, in in many countries in the world. Um, in Asia, we have, for example, in the Champions League, so we follow. Uh, mostly the, the rules of uh, the Asian Football Confederation, which is the AFC, um, which uh, in the Champions League allows you only to play um, with three foreigners plus one Asian player. And the reason for that is to give the opportunity for um, local um, local players to um, to have to have a career to play and to develop. Um, so so again to sum up, um, the role is. Um, to transfer the, um, the, the experience um, and the professionalism um, and the way to train uh, to the local players, uh, but, but also um, to make a difference and to make the team uh, win. Okay, thank you. Perfect. Uh, let's move to uh, another topic uh, when it comes to the clubs, their ownership. Um, the uh, characteristic of uh, uh, sports clubs in Qatar, but also in other Gulf countries, is that there is a strong state involvement. Um, different to, uh, for example, Premier League clubs are privately owned, or uh, um, countries like Germany where they are membership owned. So, um, who are the owners uh, uh, of uh, the club and? Um, do you also see the potential for some private sector uh, involvement in the future? The the system that we have in place um, in regards to the clubs gives the ownership to the general assembly. So you have members, um, and there are some guidelines how you can become a member, um, and and the president is um, is is voted is elected um, every uh, every four years, and within those four years he has to deliver what he has promised um, and and this is um, you know using the revenues of uh, of, of the club um, so we, we prefer having such a, um, uh, such a system in my opinion uh, rather than um, the private sector interfering because um, we have seen in, in, in some cases in Europe where the private sector a private person can come uh, purchase a club for um, whatever reason he, he has in mind um sportive or commercial and um and after after a while where he for financial reasons or for any other reason he he just doesn't um doesn't support uh, the club uh or give the, the support needed to the club anymore yeah. uh, which which would you know the sustainability of the club would be jeopardized um, with that yeah this makes a, a sense to me um but could you explain us a bit more, uh, I mean, are the clubs linked to specific uh, uh, state institutions or, um, yeah, uh, who is behind uh, each club? So behind each club, there is a general assembly. There are members 
um, and uh, the number of members varies um, between one club and, and another. Um, you know, you have policies in each clubs, in each club, um, and uh, and and the policies are also you know, discussed and and um, decided within um, within the members. Um, you know, there are votes. Um, so it's it's a it's a very de democratic uh, approach within the clubs. Yeah, but they are not linked like to like as I know it from growing up in Germany in East Germany, for example, the clubs were like linked to specific ministries or specific like companies. So that's not the case. That's not the case. No, they are not linked to any to any entity. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, let's talk about the stadiums. Uh, uh, Georgetown University, Qatar, uh, is quite happy to be in proximity to Education City Stadium, one of the World Cup stadiums. So how are the 12 clubs in the Qatar Stars Leagues benefit from the new stadiums that are being built uh, for the World Cup? I uh, know that... Uh, uh, I hear that among my students there have been some uh, controversial discussions um, that not all clubs would equally uh, benefit from the new uh, uh, stadiums that are being built. So which clubs would benefit from the new stadiums and what are the criteria that a club can benefit from a, a new World Cup stadium? For the time being, there is still a discussion when it comes to the, the allocation of the stadiums. Um, however, um, we've, we're already using some of the uh, World Cup stadiums um, in our league, and um, and all all the clubs have already benefited from uh, playing on those uh, on those stadiums, um, regardless if it's a home or away match. Uh, we've you know we've considered them as uh, as neutral venues, uh, such as Al Janoub Stadium, Education City, but also uh, Khalifa International Stadium. Um, so for the time being, we consider them as um, as uh, neutral venues for for the clubs. But um, given that you know there are only twelve clubs and we play for the time being um, home and away, all all of the clubs will play on, on in, in those stadiums. Yeah, maybe you could explain to us what is the benefit of playing in one of the new stadium. I I assume that it's mainly the air conditioning. I mean, when the season started, it was still pretty hot. Now the temperatures are getting better. Correct. Of of course, um, um, you know those are state of the art um, facilities. Um, so it's 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 amazing to play inside such a such an amazing stadium. Uh, but yes, the main the main benefit is to play uh, under under excellent um, uh, weather conditions and um, in the, in the summer. To play inside a stadium where there is air condition is, is of course um, a big benefit. But we make sure that um, all of these, all all of our clubs um, have have this benefit um, if um, if we play during um, the hot season. So maybe we can talk a bit about uh, attendance uh, at matches. So. Um, the number of fans that has attended matches uh, in the past. Uh, I mean, there have been some very well attended matches, but there have been also many matches with uh, a low attendance. So, what is uh, the? I, why do you think there is not more attendance? Is this a competition with like a satellite TV, as in many other domestic leagues around the world? 
uh, that people would rather watch uh, a Premier League uh, than a local league? Uh, is it the temperature or so what is the concept and strategy to increase the number of fans and how is the league uh, engaging with fans? Yes, uh, of course, this is a hot topic for us. Um, and, you know, we've, we've made a lot, a lot of research in, in, in this topic to, to see how we can enhance the number of spectators. Uh, it is not the numbers. Um, the, the number of spectators are not at the, um, at the level that we would, um, would like to, to see. We would like to see more and more spectators in those amazing stadiums. I don't think um, the issue is um, the weather because you know most most of the time during the year we have uh, we have perfect weather conditions and uh, and yet um, the spectators um, don't come in in many matches as um, as much as, as we would like to. Um, we have we have uh, some matches where we have a, a good number of spectators. Um, my personal opinion is um, that it has um, it has a couple of reasons. Um, one of the reasons is, of course, the, the TV and the possibility for um, for the individuals to um, watch the Qatar Stars League. At the same time, they can switch to the Premier League and to the Spanish League. Um, so this this is um, this is this comfort um, is, is preferred uh, for many people. We we have a, a very good numbers when it comes to TV. Um, when, when people watch watch the um, the Catastar's uh, league uh, matches, um, and, and another issue um, I see is that um, with this opportunity to switch between the Catastar's league and the other leagues, uh, it seems very easy to compare um, to compare between the leagues, uh, which is not in our favor. Uh, comparing with La Liga and, and the Premier League. Um, I see the main the main reason, in my in my humble opinion, um, that you know our our you know our country our city Doha um, gives us so many um, so many opportunities to do um, things such as going to the mall, going to the park. Um, so people prefer doing uh, one of the activities provided in the in the in the city rather than going to to the stadium. Um, although, although you know, we have we have superstars uh, such as Xavi, or, um, you know, players who, who who won the World Cup, who won pretty much everything you can you can win in football. Uh, but but this this um, this was not enough to attract um, the spectators. Go, moving forward, we are um, looking um, into ways how we can enhance the spectator experience uh, on match days, uh, the family experience. Um, um, and, and there are there are a lot of ways we are looking into um, e-gaming can be also um, something that can can help um, connect people to uh, to um, to clubs. But um, go, going going towards uh, the World Cup, uh, I, th I think that we will see better numbers um, in the future. Inshallah. Okay. Um, so one of um, the benefits of hosting the FIFA World Cup is uh, also that uh, Qatar can host the FIFA Club World Cup, which is of benefit to the Qatar Stars League as the host country of the FIFA Club World Cup can have a team in that competition. Uh, so before previous World Cups, uh, FIFA Confederations Cup was uh, 
kind of a testing event for the World Cup a year before. Uh, this competition uh, uh, is not uh, happening anymore. It uh, happened for the last time in 2017. So now it's the FIFA Club World Cup, which is awarded to the World Cup host. So Qatar hosted the FIFA Club World Cup 2019, which was won by Liverpool. Uh, it remains to see when the 2020 edition is going to be hosted because of the uh, 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 COVID-19 situation. So, but how uh, is the involvement of the Qatar Stars League with the FIFA uh, Club World Cup? So last time I said could participate uh, in the FIFA Club World Cup. Is this something that is uh, beneficial for the league and uh, makes it more attractive from your point of view? Yes, uh, it, it's very beneficial for um, for our league. First of all, from a technical perspective, we have at least one, or we have one, one club who um, represents um, us in this competition. Last year it was Al Sadd. Um, um, this year it should be um, Al Dahail. Um, but also from uh, an operational perspective, um, we um, we our people um, or our employees are involved in the LOC and they learn they learn from best practices they learn from the top level um, you know how how such events are are, are hosted and uh, are, um, are operated and uh, we uh, we apply a lot of um, uh, those learnings from from such competitions into our league um, so so it's uh, it's uh, something very beneficial for our league. And also, it gives us the expo exposure uh, internationally because you know they are using our um, our facilities, um, and a lot of media comes here to um, also um, um, ask about our league and um, um, and the stars who are um, playing in this league. Yeah, moving from the global to the continental level, so um, Qatari clubs uh, participate in the AFC Champions League. And why many people uh, all over the world might think that uh, football history in Qatar starts with awarding the FIFA World Cup. It is important to mention that ISAT already won the AFC Champions League in 1989. They won it again in 2011. So um, could you elaborate a bit uh, the role of the AFC Champions League um, for how important is it for Qatari uh, clubs and um, um, uh, how successful uh, they are. The AFC um, Champions League for us is um, is a very important competition. It's a it's a it's a benchmark. Um, so it 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 sets um, you know it sets the scene on um, on Asian football and the top clubs in in, in Asia and uh, our clubs um, on a year to year basis. Uh, are amongst the best, um, and they are striving to become um, the champions every every year. This year, it's um, unfortunately not possible. Uh, we hope that in the next in the next years we see further success of um, of our clubs. Um, the AFC Champions League is is probably the second um, most important competition in the continent in Asia, after the Asian Cup. And, and this year, because of the pandemic, and you know, it all started in, in East in East Asia. Um, um, so a lot of matches were cancelled or postponed. 
Um, and the Champions League starts, it's not like in Europe, it starts um, at the beginning of the year and it finishes with the final towards uh, November. Um, uh, so, so this year, Qatar played an, um, um, a vital role for this competition because this competition could actually not, uh, not be held if it wasn't uh, hosted in, in, in Qatar uh, under um, extremely strict uh, protocols. Uh, medical protocols and um, you know, a medical bubble, uh, players or players and LOC in 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 quarantine for the for the complete tournament. Uh, we've hosted now the West. Uh, we're going to host uh, the East uh, competition in in a couple of uh, weeks and then the final as well. And I believe that this was not possible anywhere other than in in Qatar. Um, and um, you know, for this for this important uh, um, competition um, for 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 the continent, uh, I believe that the real champion this year, although it's not the Qatari club, but I think Qatar Qatar is the champion of the Champions League, uh, given the opportunity for this to be um, you know to be to be made possible in this yeah, uh, difficult year. The final is played in December, right? In Doha. Correct, on uh, December December 19th in Doha. So, um, my last question, Ahmed, is uh, I know from uh, previous conversations we had that uh, uh, um, environmental issues are uh, very important to you. And uh, I would like to talk with you uh, uh, in the final question on like corporate social responsibility uh, of the league and particularly uh, environmental issues. Um, so the league has the uh, ambition to be the best league on and off the pitch. Uh, and uh, it uh, um, launched in February of this year a, a plan to become the first carbon neutral football league uh, in the world. Could you tell us a bit more about this uh, ambitious uh, plan? Correct. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I, we, we learned from you and from your uh, um, amazing research on, uh, on, 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 this, on this topic. Um, and for us, we don't, see, uh, we don't see football as just, uh, you know, 11 against 11 um, game uh, on the pitch, but it has also other implications such as, you know, economic, uh, social and uh, environmental um, um, and we we strive to promote uh, sustainability in in those three pillars. When it comes to environmental sustainability, we uh, intend to become the first league in the world to be um, um, carbon neutral. And the reason for that is to promote uh, carbon neutrality, uh, awareness on um, on environmental sustainability, and to um, and to uh, encourage others to follow other federations, other sports, other leagues. Uh, but also other individuals. Um, so we, we we started in February. Um, uh, un unfortunately, the the pandemic has not been very helpful. Uh, although I believe that uh, um, looking at the at the bright side, you know, the, the three months where we didn't have any activity, I'm pretty sure that we were carbon neutral uh, at that time. Um, but um, looking forward, uh, we we. Um, uh, first, um, are going to spread awareness internally and externally. So internally, when it comes to our employees, um, 
the players, the, the coaches, the staff, the clubs, uh, but also the spectators externally. Um, then we, we, are, we are going to um, um, calculate our um, uh, carbon uh, emissions. Um, we will then uh, reduce uh, uh, this, uh, this number as much as we can before we offset uh, um, and uh, reach uh, carbon neutrality. And um, we, we really hope that this can impact um, um, the situation, environmental, um, the environmental situation globally, um, because we believe that um, we, all, we all are responsible for taking action against um, global warming and uh, the climate crisis. Perfect. Thank you very, very much uh, for this very interesting conversation. I'm sure that many people who have listened to this podcast learned uh, a lot uh, new uh, about uh, domestic football uh, in Qatar. I'm sure the league will be much more in the spotlight uh, prior to the World Cup. Thank you very, very much, Ahmed, for being with us today and good luck uh, with all your uh, plans uh, for making the league uh, uh, a leading league uh, in Asia. Uh, not only when it comes to uh, uh, performance on the pitch, but also with uh, all its initiatives off the pitch, such as becoming uh, the first carbon neutral football league in the world. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was an honor. Thank you. 